Welcome to the St. Richard's Episcopal Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Rev. Cameron Nations. For more information, please visit strichards.org. Can these bones live? Can these bones live? This is the question not interestingly asked by Ezekiel, if you notice, in today's Old Testament lesson, but asked by God to Ezekiel, can these bones live? And it is the question that always rings in my ears every time this story is read from Scripture. Now, we're in the fifth Sunday of Lent, where somehow, <laughs> next Sunday's Palm Sunday, uh, somehow. And, but even though we still have some, a little distance anyway, to go in Lent, our readings this morning have us already thinking about resurrection, about resurrection, about what we know is to come. And this question, can these bones live? it seems to me, is not simply a question that God puts to the prophet Ezekiel, but is a question that we have all at one point or another, and maybe even this morning, wonder. Can these bones live? You see, Ezekiel is, at this point, led out by the Holy Spirit into this valley And uh, he takes great pains to tell us how dry and desolate this valley really is. It's covered in bones. And again, bones that are not only dry bones, but are very dry. Okay, very dry. They've been there a long time, a long, long time. And we're also told that these bones are the whole house of Israel. The whole house of Israel. You see, at this point... Jerusalem has been destroyed, besieged, the temple destroyed, Israel taken captive. And the question, can these bones live, is there any life left in the people of God, is a very real question. You see, this valley that Ezekiel goes to is a valley that we've been in, and perhaps that you are in even today. We've all been in that valley surrounded by the bones of everything that we held dear. We've all been in that valley where all of the things that we loved, the people we loved, the things that we counted on, the things that gave us purpose and meaning are gone. And we too have wondered and asked, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Now again, the person asking this question is pretty important isn't it? If it was Ezekiel asking this question, it would be a bit of a challenge to God, right? God, can these bones live? Implied answer, no, (laughs) right? No, they cannot. But it's God who's asking this question, and he's asking them to Ezekiel, and presumably Ezekiel thinks they can't live either, but God knows that the answer is actually yes. Yes, they can. These bones can live. And so he instructs Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones, and they come together in what must have been just this amazingly horrific and awesome scene, right? They rattle, it says, bone to its bone. 
and then God wraps them in flesh and they don't have any breath in them and uh, God breathes life in them. It's, it's just incredible, incredible reading. My, one of my favorite stories in all of scripture. And we actually hear it also at the great vigil of Easter on Holy Saturday, which is why this Sunday is really a bit of a, it's, it's sort of like a, a teaser. Come back in two weeks, folks, <laughs> you know, and see, see what happens then. But it's this amazing, amazing story of God breathing life, literally, in the midst of what is dead and hopeless. But it's not the only story we get this morning of God doing such a thing. And it's not the only uh, story with which we can probably relate. Our gospel reading this morning is the story of Lazarus, which in many ways has a lot of parallels and connections with the story we read last week about the man born blind. If you were here last week, we had an equally long <laughs> gospel reading uh, where we heard the story of the man born blind, and it's actually sort of referenced here in this text that we heard today. But here we hear about Lazarus of Bethany, one of Jesus' friends, the brother of Mary and Martha, who are very dear to Jesus, and he's quite ill. And they go send for Jesus because he is on death's door, and Jesus kind of waits a little bit, and he ends up dying. Jesus doesn't come on time, doesn't arrive on time, right? And if we can identify with the question, can these bones live, my guess is we've also been in the place where we ask the very same thing that Mary and Martha do, both of them independently of one another, it's not really a question so much as, again, it's an accusation. Lord, if you'd only been here, he wouldn't have died. If you'd only been here, Lazarus would still be with us. But alas, he's in the tomb now. God, you showed up too late. You showed up too late, right? We've been in that place, too. It's probably the very same place where we're in the valley where the bones are. We've probably said that in that place. Now, there's a number of things in this gospel reading that I find compelling, touching, moving. I mean, for one, we can identify with Mary and Martha in their grief. And I can only imagine also the bewilderment that the disciples must have felt like, yeah, I mean, you, we told you you needed to go, and you were just sort of hanging around still. You know, why didn't you go? Why didn't you show up on time? They must have been wondering themselves. But it's not only Mary and, Mary and Martha that display emotion here, it's also very famously Jesus who displays emotion here too. We get famously the shortest verse in scripture, right? Jesus wept, right? Yeah, Jesus wept. It's the shortest verse in all of scripture. But I want to draw something out this morning that touched me particularly when I was reading some commentaries in preparation for this sermon, and is that I've always sort of seen this scene, I mean, you know, the famous Jesus wept, and, and Jesus, as Jesus being sad, he's moved to tear, tears at the loss of his friend. And I'm not saying that Jesus isn't sad, okay, I'm sure he was. But to see it only as sadness in the same way that Mary and Martha are sad actually misses something really important here. At multiple points in this reading, after Jesus, it said that Jesus wept, there is a phrase that Jesus was um, disturbed or upset. This is repeated a couple of times. And um, in fact, actually, let me find the direct quote. In our reading this morning, it says, then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. This is the emotion that Jesus is feeling as he approaches Lazarus's tomb. 
And um, pretty much every translation translates it sort of like that. He's upset, he's disturbed, you know, he's uh, filled with emotion, something along those lines. But the word here for greatly disturbed, the Greek word, uh, the root of which is brameomai, not that you'll be tested on that, um, okay, but it is actually literally, it has a specific meaning, it literally means not to be disturbed, but to snort with anger, right? To snort with anger or to be indignant. It's the same word that is used in Greek literature to describe the sound of, a, of like a war horse about to go into battle, to snort with anger. So these aren't just tears of sadness. Like I said, I'm sure Jesus is sad, but Jesus' tears here are not just tears of sadness. They are tears of burning, righteous anger. They are the same tears you cry and I cry when we shake with rage at the experience of gross injustice. Right? This is the emotion that Jesus displays here. And we know why. He tells us why. He says, I am resurrection and I am life. You ever notice how death doesn't really hang out long around Jesus? You know, it really doesn't, not just his own death, <laughs> which is what we're getting ready to celebrate at Easter, but death doesn't really hang around Jesus, and I think it's because it can't. His very being is resurrection and life. And so, sure, Jesus is sad, but I think he's moved and disturbed here because he sees and feels the ultimate human injustice, that we are frail creatures that experience grief, pain, and loss, and ultimately, we die. And we were never supposed to die. That's part of the truth in Genesis. We weren't created for death. That happened. We were created for life. And so Jesus here, as the resurrection and the life, calls Lazarus out from the tomb. Just as Jesus, or God rather, breathes life into those bones around the prophet Ezekiel. And so I don't know what your valley is. I don't know if you're in it now. I don't know what it was like when you were in it. But all I want to say this morning is that God doesn't intend to leave you there, nor does he abandon you there. Instead, he says, I am resurrection and I am life. And he doesn't leave you left in the tomb hopeless, wondering if there will be something to come, wondering if from death can come life. But to the question, can these bones live, God has one answer and one answer only, which is yes. And so God does not intend for any of us to be stuck in the tomb, but calls us out, calls us out to new life in him. Thanks be to God. Thank you for tuning in. For service times or more information on St. Richard's, please visit strichards.org.